0: The federal government unveils big spending on infrastructure ahead of next week's budget, but warns of a cost blowout in the National Disability Insurance Scheme. Australia under pressure from the leaders of both Japan and Israel. And Rolls-Royce goes electric. It's Thursday, the 20th of October, 2022. Welcome to Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Michael Thompson, and good morning, Sean Aylmer.
1: Good morning, Michael.
0: On a special day in the, uh, in the Thompson household today, it's mm-hmm. our... Uh, our our tenth wedding anniversary today. I was just reminded of that. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. When I when I said the twentieth of October 2022, I thought, oh, ten years ago. Wow.
1: Getting ready
0: for the uh, for the for the wedding. And you know what I did this week? I went out and had a bit of a dig through and, and pulled out kind of some of the um the the wedding memorabilia. Not quite like royal wedding. We didn't have, have like plates made up or anything. But you know how you'll often save <laughs> like the newspaper and stuff from the day. Yes, from the day. And you want it to be like a, a really kind of good story, like
1: momentous, yes, yeah, yes. So,
0: something and something exciting and something that, that that you'd be happy to show people. The front page of the newspaper was Zookeeper crushed by elephant. <laughs> And I Googled it, and she went on to make a full recovery and continues to work at the zoo. I'm like, that's really not the kind of thing that
1: you can frame as saying, yes, this was the 20th of October, 2012. Mm." Look, I've got to say, I did know it was your anniversary, what I knew it was about now, because you have told the story that when you got married, yourself and Chan made the deal with each other, that on your 10-year anniversary, you'd go somewhere very special, Tahiti, I believe, you then had two kids, and I think you went to Melbourne last weekend. Wasn't that
0: how it worked That's out? That's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. A week, a week in Tahiti compared to a, a, a one night away domestic domestic flights only. But you know what? Uh, as as we have discussed three times now this week, uh, we saw Harry Potter, and that was a that was a, a pretty good kind of. It's not a bad compromise. But anyway, I've talked about myself a lot so far. But just want to say happy anniversary, Sean. You are a very very patient woman. Mm. All right. We have plenty of other things to discuss today, Sean. You've got a, an interesting chat today with Bruce Bilson, who would be well known to a lot of people as the the former federal minister for small business. He is now the small business and family enterprise ombudsman. I reckon it, when he was in politics, I have never seen someone more passionate about his portfolio. So it makes perfect
1: sense that this is the job he is now in. Yes, he's a lovely fella and he truly believes in small business as the engine of the economy. And we talk about that and about what the government needs to do to encourage small business, where small business is within the economy at the moment. Just a great chat. And Bruce is a lovely fella and very, very knowledgeable on the subject, shall we say.
0: Yeah, no, it's a really good chat. It's coming up a little bit later on. The main story this morning, Sean, it's actually kind of linked in a way because it is about federal politics and things are really heating up in Canberra ahead of the budget update next week. The Prime Minister has been out announcing some big spending plans while there are some real concerns about the blowout in costs for the
1: NDIS. Yes, so let's start with the spending. The Albanese government has agreed to help fund 80% of the Marinus Link project across Bass Strait as part of a wider $6 billion package of loans and equity for Victoria's renewables, offshore wind and transmission link projects. The $2.5 billion in concessional loans for the Marinus Link will ensure its built That's what Energy Minister Chris Bowen said, while Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said the $6 billion in clean energy deals signed yesterday would drive economic growth and lower carbon emissions. It's the first part of the government's $20 billion rewiring the nation plan, which was of course part of the May election campaign. Mr Albanese said it was a historic day for Victoria and the country. It will allow Tasmania to get 200% renewable. What's that mean? Well, it's already at 100%. Anything more than that, it can export to the mainland. The reduction in carbon emissions from the increase in renewables as a result of Marinus would be the equivalent of 140 million tonnes of carbon coming out of the atmosphere by 2050 or taking 1 million cars off the road. And all of this came the
0: day, Sean, after it was revealed that the cost of the National Disability Insurance Scheme will blow out by $9 billion over the next four years, putting further pressure on the budget.
1: Yes, it's a massive number. The policy is less than 10 years old, but it's one of the top five costs in the budget. Its annual cost will surpass $50 billion by the 2025-26 financial year. Disability Minister Bill Shorten, who co-designed the NDIS under the Gillard government, said a review into the scheme would be brought forward too late this year. It was supposed to be done next year.
0: And the Albanese government has promised $15 million for small business owners to access free mental health and financial counselling support. Not
1: a huge amount. But everything helps. Almost $11 million will go to the new Access for Small Business Owners program and $4 million for the Small Business Dead Helpline. The program will allow small business owners to have up to six structured sessions via telehealth with a trained mental health coach who has a small business background.
0: That sounds like a really sensible policy.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, I think small business owners go through a lot of stress and strain, and mental health is such a serious issue, I think, for the whole community and particularly small business owners.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right,
1: how did the local market perform yesterday? Well, the benchmark S&P ASX 200 hit a five-week high yesterday about lunchtime of 6,820.5 points. It did fall back a bit. By the end of the day, it closed at 6,800 points. That's up about 0.3% from where it was on Tuesday's close. The banks were high, led by National Australia Bank, which rose more than 1%. The exception was Westpac. It dropped more than 1%, following news it's interested in acquiring terminal payments business Tyro. The retailers were mixed. The energy companies were generally lower. Industrials and utilities were higher. And the technology stocks were flat. Now, some interesting plays. Nickel, copper and gold miner Chalice Mining was among the best performer, up 5.5%, while lithium players core lithium and Pilbara Minerals jumped 8% and 6.5% respectively. There was a bunch of corporate news around yesterday. Origin Energy held its AGM. Its boss, Frank Calabria, said that earnings should jump this financial year because the electricity business will contribute more as higher wholesale prices flow through to customer tariffs. Do you know what that means, Michael? Yes, we're going to pay more for electricity, but we probably already knew that. Fund Manager Perpetual did well. Pendle was another one, another fund manager that did well. Its share price was up 6%. But another fund manager, Magellan, was put on ratings watch by Research House Morningstar. Its share price fell down 3%. Medibank went into a trading halt reportedly related to a cyber incident. It's been talking about it for a few days. It said it didn't think customer information was compromised. Not sure on that one, though. Australia's biggest health insurer, Medibank, went into a trading halt yesterday. Then last evening, it came out and said a group is now demanding a ransom for information hackers say they took from the company's servers during a cyber attack last week. There'll be much more on this one. Worst on the day was Cloud Computing Group Megaport after releasing its September quarter update. It dropped more than 20%. And finally, it's not on the ASX, but it's worth a mention. Do you eat Guzman E. Gomez? Yes. Yes, love it. Right. So the Mexican fast food chain has been valued at $1.5 billion we know that because Aware Super took a massive stake in it. So there you
0: go, one and a half billion. That is a lot of burritos. That is <laughs> that is huge. What else? What else do they sell, Sean? I have had a burrito from there. I can honestly say that. And They've had tacos as well, oh, Michael. There we go. I, yes, I, I may have been trying to bait yes. you into your unusual pronunciation of the word taco, yes, um, yes. but I was unsuccessful. So I'll, I'll I'll try and trap you another time. Please carry on.
1: Oh No, that's about it really. I mean, just briefly in economic news, the total number of dwellings being built across the country fell nearly 3% during the June quarter. According to the Bureau of Statistics, that's down about 29% from a year earlier, though a year ago, the sector was being supported by generous government subsidies. Anyway, big day in markets all in all. It sure was. I'm just still blown away by the burritos. That is huge. What about international markets? Well, much of the news over the past 48 hours hasn't caused too many waves, and that's kind of unusual, that's news in itself. In fact, for the past 2 weeks the S&P 500 has been broadly range trading. There was good news out of Europe, gas prices have tumbled to their lowest level in 4 months after strong flows into storage facilities and forecasts of a milder winter. The European benchmark gas price is now about 60% lower than what it was back in August. Oil prices also fell back amid reports that the Biden administration is planning to release up to 15 million barrels from the US Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And the Aussie dollar is a touch stronger. Mm, Go the dollar. Fetching just above 63 US cents. All right. We'll be back in a moment with the rest
0: of the day's business news. Sean, the Japanese Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, will ask Anthony Albanese for a personal assurance over the reliability of gas exports to Japan amid rising concerns of energy nationalism in Australia. Mr.
1: Kishida and Mr. Albanese will meet in Perth on Saturday during a very quick whistle stop visit by the japanese leader. the two will also significantly upgrade the security relationship between the two countries now according to the financial review that upgrade will pave the way for greater intelligence sharing military cooperation and other unprecedented measures japan has already been given assurances about gas exports by resources minister madeline king and trade minister don farrell that australia will continue to be a reliable energy provider clearly though mr kishida wants one from the prime minister How many assurances can one person get?
0: (laughs) Plenty. Indeed. Now, still on politics, Sean, the federal government's decision to reverse a Morrison government decision to recognise West Jerusalem as Israel's capital
1: has triggered both angry criticism and plaudits. Yes. Israel called in the Australian ambassador after the decision and the country's prime minister, Yair Lapid, Blasted the decision and said he hoped the Australian government managed other matters more seriously and professionally. Australia will once again recognise Tel Aviv as Israel's capital. The embassy has remained in that city even after the Morrison government's late 2018 decision. The Palestinian delegation to Australia welcomed the announcement and urged the government to recognise Palestine as a state without delay the Indonesian government also welcomed the announcement, while several backbenchers, particularly the federal opposition backbenchers, were particularly critical. And while still in Canberra, Michael, One Nation leader, Pauline Hanson, will have to pay a $250,000 payment in damages after defaming former Senator Brian Burston on Nine's Today show.
0: Sean, the New South Wales Emergency Services Minister has warned that almost every river system
1: west of the Great Dividing Range will flood. Yes, more rain is expected in coming days and rivers and catchment areas in the west of New South Wales are already full. Towns including Bourke and Moama are expected to receive substantial falls in the next couple of days. Now, the rivers in New South Wales west of the Great Divide all flow into the Murray River and it is expected to break its banks within coming days. There are concerns the river's level could exceed the 1993 floods. In Victoria, the state government has pledged an extra $19.5 million to support farmers. It includes money for one-off payments as well as access to concessional loans of up to $250,000. There is some good news though. The rainfall in coming days won't be as widespread or as intense as last week. According to the Bureau of Meteorology, that means there shouldn't be any new flooding.
0: Okay, weather disruptions, Sean, and labour shortages
1: are hampering exports of coal at a time when prices are sky high. Yes, somewhat ironic. Both BHP's coal division and Whitehaven yesterday reported big falls in sales. The falls have contributed to the sharp rise in thermal coal prices over the past six months, i.e. less supplies pushed up prices. BHP's Queensland coking coal fields have produced 19% less in the previous three months and sales were down 25%. In the New South Wales thermal coal business, production and sales are down 34% and 38% respectively. The New South Wales operations has received more than three times the rainfall of last year, so it's really hitting production. The good news for BHP shareholders is that its iron ore division, the biggest segment of the big Australian, has started the new year strongly, shipping more ore during the September quarter than a year ago. BHP's share price fell nearly 1% on all that news yesterday. All right, Sean, this
0: one is probably more of a community service announcement than anything else. All company directors registered with the Australian Securities and Investments Commission need to get a new
1: director ID number by November 30. Yes, that a unique 15 digit identifier will be used by directors and allow regulators to trace directors' relationships with companies over time. Now, the scheme was created to help prevent illegal activity. Director IDs that are administered by the Australian Business Registry Services, which is managed by the tax office. Assistant Treasurer Stephen Jones said Director ID would help create a fairer business environment and help prevent the use of false director identities to engage in fraud or phoenix behaviour. That has been a big issue in recent years. So if you're a director, go out and get your ID number. Have you got yours, Sean? No, I've got to do it
0: me too. I uh, I started the process actually. I started it the other week when I got a note from our accountant to say make sure you've got this uh, done and it's it's actually pretty straightforward doing it. All you just do it all through the the government portal and uh, and away you go. It it shouldn't be too difficult. But I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. All right, moving on to overseas news. Politics and policy in the UK government has become A fickle business, really, with the new Chancellor, the fourth in four months, which is just quite extraordinary, preparing to push through a range of tax hikes and spending cuts.
1: Yeah, a couple of days ago, the UK was preparing to slash taxes. But on Monday, Prime Minister Liz Truss did that incredible U-turn, scrapping those plans. And Chancellor Jeremy Hunt's budget on October 31 is expected to include tax increases, with banks and oil and gas companies being a target. Yesterday, he said ministers would have to exert tight spending control to prove to financial markets that Britain can bring the deficit under control. That is somewhat of an understatement. And if you missed it,
0: uh, we had a a great chat yesterday to Latika Burke, who works for the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, based in London. Fantastic description, really, of of the the situation that's happening in UK politics. It was yesterday's interview, well worth going back and having a listen to. Sean, Ukrainians have been asked to conserve energy after Russian attacks destroyed about 30% of the country's power stations and caused massive blackouts right across the country.
1: And of course, the latest strikes come ahead of the onset of winter, and now thousands of residents no longer have basic services such as heat and water. The World Health Organization has warned of the potential for a spiralling humanitarian crisis, given that a lack of access to fuel or electricity could become a matter of life or death if people are unable to heat their homes. The United Nations Human Rights Body has said deliberate strikes on such civilian targets could constitute a war crime.
0: Netflix has had a roller coaster ride over the past few years, soaring during COVID and tumbling afterwards, and then recovering largely thanks to shows like Squid Game. Yesterday, it announced it gained
1: 2.4 million new subscribers during the September quarter. And that sent its share price up 10% in after hours trading. Mind you, it's still about one-third of what it was mid-COVID. It was a good quarter with the release of the final episodes of sci-fi hit Stranger Things plus serial killer series Dharma Monster, the Jeffrey Dharma story. Now, I've got to say, Stranger Things, not my cup of tea. Jeffrey Dharma, too scary for me. But that show actually became one of Netflix's most watched series of all time. In fact, Netflix now has 223 million subscribers around the world. Huge numbers. They are huge
0: numbers, Sean. Absolutely. And we mentioned this one at the top of the show. Perhaps the most prestigious name in the automobile world, Rolls-Royce, is getting ready to launch its first electric car next year. I don't know why I just – I had never kind of factored in Rolls-Royce producing an electric model. It makes sense. Well, you can buy one for
1: somewhere between 250,000 and 500,000 pounds. So you, what, say A million Aussie? Oh, So maybe you'll get two. Well, Rolls-Royce has said it will ditch combustion engines by 2030 to comply with regulations and changing customer demand. 2030 is only eight years away. It's not far at all. Now, Chief Executive of Rolls-Royce, Torsten Muller-Otvis, said his vehicles weren't considered a means of transport. More of a pleasure. (laughs) He said Rolls-Royce now had the youngest customers out of its owner, BMWs, different brands. Sales were up 50% over the past six months. And apparently a Rolls-Royce owner has on average seven cars. There you go.
0: Of course, because you can drive seven cars at once, can't you? Uh, The the most extraordinary thing you just said there was that Rolls-Royce now has the youngest customers out of all, all the brands owned by BMW.
1: Yeah, quite phenomenal, man.
0: That goes completely against what you would expect and and kind of the image, I think, of Rolls-Royce. That is amazing.
1: You think of the Mini, for example. You would think that the Mini would have a younger group than Rolls-Royce, but no, apparently Rolls-Royce does.
0: Oh, there you go. All right. Up next is the Fear and Greed daily interview. And your guest today, Sean, as
1: we mentioned earlier, is Bruce Bilson. Yes, the former Minister for Small Business and now Small Business Ombudsman provides us with a health check of how the small business sector is going and really what it needs from government. Great chat.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's coming up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Michael it's Thursday, the 20th of October, 2022. Remember to hit follow and don't forget to check out our new podcast. How do they afford that featuring Canna Campbell, the founder of Sugar Mama TV, all about making your money work a little bit harder for you. New episode out yesterday, all about investing for your kids. It is a
1: good one. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was Fear and Greed. Have a great day.